I know, and, and Nick's such a huge Swifty too, so you, you'd think he would have been all over that. Welcome into the Gang Does Fantasy podcast back here for the season. This is actually our first episode we recorded last week, but the audio was lost because we didn't like what we said, and it got scrapped here with Barra, a.k.a. Winning is a Breeze, who is on a high at 1-0. We will discuss him, his matchup of the week with the defending champion Jack at the end. Uh, going to do a quick preview of all five matchups that we have this week. And we're going to start with a matchup of a surprising 1-0 Eric, Justin Square, who upset me last week, Eve St. Lawrence, against 0-1 Falcoholics Anonymous, a.k.a. Taylor. And we're going to start with Eric, who added Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer uh, for $10 off the waivers. He got Gerald Everett for free. Of course, it's notable that Keenan Allen... Uh, got hurt, so Josh Palmer a little more valuable, and Eric, of course, has Justin Herbert, so now he has two of Herbert's favorite targets. Uh, how do you feel about those additions? Man, listen, you know, when you're active on the waiver wire, you know, uh, it can be a great benefit, right? Gerald Everett, solid tight end, not going to, you know, be a league winner, um, but, you know, might help you from being a league, uh, you know, bottom feeder, right? I mean, in terms of... <laughs> Josh Palmer, I would be lying if I said I knew who Josh Palmer was. But in terms of the Chargers offense, you know, they uh, they looked all right. So, you know, stacking with Justin Herbert, that's uh, it's always a power play. Um, you know, I am the stack, uh, you know, pro in this league as, you know, it's been well noted with, um, you know, the last two years. You know, I see stacks and I, I go after them before you know, anyone else. So... Um, you know, taking the stacking strategy, good luck. But I would say that I invented it uh, two years ago when I had the Bengals stack of Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins. Unfortunately, I was a year early, and Jack stole the idea for his Bengals stack with Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and J- Jamar Chase last year, and he rode that to a championship, unfortunately for me. Uh, then we we'll move on to the rest of Eric's team. Last week, he was powered by Saquon Barkley, who was the number one fantasy running back last week. Had 162 rushing yards, including a really long one, and he also had a two-point conversion. Uh, do you think that Saquon, do you think he's back? Do you think he's back being a top-five guy consistently? You know, I'd like to believe that. I think, uh, you know, the talent's always been there. The offensive line's been shaky. They've made improvements. If they can, you know, give him space, you know, he's as good as as any running back in the league in terms of, you know, getting through holes and, you know, being an electric back. So, um, you know, I definitely am pretty high on the Saquon stock. Um, you know, he was ripping off runs as, um, you know, as if he was still at Penn State. It reminded me of, uh, I believe the game was the Rose Bowl versus USC that, you know, one of those, uh, those classic Saquon runs. Um, you know, and the Giants, I think they surprised a lot of people. So, you know, they're riding a little bit of a momentum over there in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, Saquon's obviously got to be feeling pretty good about himself. So, uh, you know, I definitely tend to lean that he is back. Um, but, you know, nothing's a guarantee. It's, it's all about injuries. So if he stays healthy, I don't see, 
uh, you know, why they uh, they can't keep feeding him and, uh, you know, him be successful. So, Yeah, I mean, he – I thought, like, last year he just, like, straight up looked bad at a lot of points, whereas, okay. like, against the Titans on Sunday, he just looked so fast again. He looked spry. Like you said, he like he's back at Penn State. I think he's only 24 years old, so it's not a tremendous shock. And this was a guy who was considered like the number two player in fantasy just two years ago before he had the injury that kind of derailed him. So that could be looking like a steal for Eric and could be, I mean, a, a huge thing for him to have potentially the number one running back in fantasy or, or at least a top five guy. Um, now, how do you feel about his wide receivers? Because you look at it, Terry McLaurin had a good game. Christian Kirk had a great game. It looks like he's going to be the number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Uh, but we, unfortunately, it looked like, I mean, Allen Robinson was borderline no-show last week on Thursday Night Football. But, you know, the, the Rams are saying they're trying to get him involved more. Do you think this is a wide receiver core that Eric can win with, or is he going to have to make a move to shore things up? I mean, listen, I, I'd love to, you know, entertain the conversation, but, but there's just no chance. I mean, you know, they say, you know, a championship can't be won on paper, but... You know, a championship can certainly be lost, in my opinion. Um, whether, I mean, Terry McLaurin, he's, uh, you know, solid, solid game. Um, Alan Robinson, as, as a notion, will be really, really important to see what he does this week. You know, he won't be matched to the first A.J. Terrell in Atlanta. Obviously, that goes to great receivers like Cooper Cup. But, you know, I, I don't trust Alan Robinson. I, I wanted to believe that, you know, the new team... Um, you know, would, would give him, uh, you know, a quality target share. And, I mean, between the targets being limited and, I mean, just, you know, him not really doing much to get open, I, I just don't see it. I mean, people are calling for, you know, Stafford to uh, to get some glasses and, and stop throwing just, you know, his fair skin counterparts. But, um you know, I, I just don't see it for Allen Robinson and, and Christian Kirk. It was it was an all right game, but I don't think that uh, you know he's ever shown that he's consistent. Uh, you know, since he was at Texas A and M, and I know I keep referencing a lot of the a lot of uh, collegiate uh, feats for these gentlemen, but you know, this isn't Texas A and M. Christian Kirk, I, I can't put too much stock into it just because I, I just have never seen it consistently at this level. Um, and, you know, I mean, if Christian Kirk and Terry McLaurin on your, are, are your two best receivers, I just don't see it. I mean, honestly, Jarvis Landry looked like, you know, potentially his best receiver, in my opinion. Um, you know, last week, just, you know, a, a really reliable target for Jameis in New Orleans, um, who was, you know, spreading the ball. I think he maybe threw for more yards than he had in all of last year. That's just kind of you know, goes to show that that, incre that uh, you know, improved wide receiver core is, uh, you know, something that, you know, could pay dividends for him. So I don't feel good about it. I still rank him as, you know, bottom two uh, in terms of the wide receivers. So, um, you know, I don't put too much into it. And I'm definitely concerned about those going forward. Yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson, I still – he's still someone that I would, like, buy low. Like, if Eric was trying to give him away for, like – for almost nothing, I would certainly take a chance on him. And, I mean, even if I had to start him, I wouldn't feel awful about that. But I would want to start him in, like, a flex role. Like, I I, I wouldn't, I can't feel safe without Robinson at wide receiver right now, one of the three spots. 
I just don't know how you how you can think you're gonna how there's any guarantee you're getting anything more than what you did Thursday night when he was so fucking bad last year too, where he got cut by multiple teams as well. Uh, and now we so we move from Eric's wide receiver problems to to Taylor, a guy that we you know Falcoholics Anonymous we thought they had a pretty strong wide receiver core entering the season, but CD Lamb had a pretty iffy game. Week one and no Dak Prescott, obviously now for at least a month. And Darnell Mooney, it was a monsoon, had a little, had nothing. He does add Julio Jones for $21. Is it time to be concerned about Taylor's wide receivers? I mean, absolutely, right? Uh, first off, let me ask, who is the uh, the starting quarterback moving forward in, in Dallas? Uh, Cooper Rush. He had one start last year at the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football and got the W primarily targeting Amari Cooper, but CeeDee Lamb did have over 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, there, there's the train of thought that, you know, uh, an experienced quarterback like that could rely heavily on his, uh, you know, wide receiver one. Maybe it gets it done, but, you know, there's also a talent drop-off. Dak Prescott, when healthy, can you know, get the ball around to him, Dalton Schultz, which you know, also is a, is a loss for Taylor because Dalton Schultz and Dak Prescott, the uh, – you know, really hanging out, buddy, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, Darnell Moody, nothing there. CeeDee Lamb, there was nothing there. Um, and, you know, $21 for a Julio that's, you know, been washed up by most people's uh, estimation. Um, for 21 it just kind of screams desperation, I think, for, for Taylor's wide receivers. Um, you know, maybe Julio Jones does something, but... You know, New Orleans, especially this week, you know, Marshawn Lattimore was playing no games last week versus Atlanta. Kyle Pitts and Drake London, you know, did not do much when matched up versus him. Um, and then, you know, Paulson and Debo, the guy countered towards Lattimore, is, you know, supposed to be healthy this week. So, you know, when you're getting two healthy corners for New Orleans and, uh, you know, a quality secondary with Tyra Matthew, I don't see the big game for Julio this week. And if he doesn't have a big game this week, are you going to have faith moving forward? I just don't know if you can buy high on that. Yeah, I mean, $21 did seem like a lot, but I think it's one of those things where we could look back in two or three weeks and say that was way too much or that Taylor got himself a league winner steal because I thought Julio looked fantastic on Sunday Night Football. He looked revitalized in a way that he did not in Tennessee, at least from from my eyes. He was catching little gadget passes, you know, where they're having him doing some Debo shit, and he also had a bomb that he caught. And with Chris Godwin, he looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. Mike Evans is banged up again. Uh, And, I mean, you talk about it. Marshawn Lattimore has consistently shut down Mike Evans. Mike Evans has had his worst games always against Marshawn Lattimore. But if that's the case, Tom Brady's got to throw it to someone. And like I like Paulson the Depot, but like you're telling me that Julio Jones, even ninety percent of P. Julio Jones, if that's what he is right now, he's going to destroy Paulson the Depot. He absolutely is going to destroy him. He's gonna have Tom Brady throwing it to him. You but, know you know, also Reed, to interject there, you know, Tom Brady, since joining the Bucks in the regular season, has gotten nothing versus New Orleans, right? I mean, that's well documented at this point. Um, you know, he was shut out for the first time in, you know, since I was in middle school last year, you know, versus a a Saints team that was led by Taysom Hill, I believe, that week, just because the defense, the defense plays very well versus Tom Brady. The Saints take the Bucks games very seriously, and, you know, there's a chance Tom Brady struggles, you know, like, you know, big time that 
You know, I'm not too sure I'd buy high on Tom Brady or Julio or, or anyone on the Bucks for that matter. So, um, you know, I could be proven wrong, but, you know, history says that Tom Brady will not do too well on Sunday and uh, the receivers will not get much in all likelihood. So we'll see. I will. I mean, if that's the case, you know, I still think there's, you know, still rest of the season. I think that he could still be pretty big. Now we look at Taylor's running backs. His RB3 and RB4, Daryl Henderson, who we didn't even start because he didn't know that he would have a role with the Rams, looks like he is the clear-cut starter for L.A., had over 80% of the snaps, had like 23 combined touches, pretty impressive there. And then Michael Carter had 18 combined touches. So you got to feel great about his RB3 and RB4 now. But Najee Harris has a little bit of a foot thing. He looks like he's most likely going to play. He did practice today, recording on Thursday. Uh, and Austin Eckler only played 50% of the snaps against the Raiders. The game they were up they were up in for the most part. Would you say if you were Taylor, knowing what we know now, would you feel better or worse about his running back situation after week one compared to how he felt before the season? You know, it's, it's interesting, right? You know, it's uh, two steps forward, two steps back. You get the production of Henderson looking like the, the clear-cut guy. You know, projections are, are there. Michael Carter obviously showing signs, no touchdowns, but you know the scrimmage yards and uh, you know was was getting utilized, uh, you know more than than you probably would have expected since Brees Hall really was, uh, you know, a, a non-factor. But you know, like I said, Eckler, you, you question him a little bit, right? Like obviously he's a fantastic running back, first to tell in the pass game runs, but you know the, the the snaps weren't there last week, and then Najee with an injury, it's it's two steps forward, two steps back, which. You know, just kind of leaves you uh, in the same place that you were. So um, I can't say I'm too fond, but, you know, if the injuries work out and, and Eckler has a big game, then, you know, maybe it turns around. But, you know, I think there are questions, obviously, with Michael Carter. If Brees Hall does start to, you know, get factored more and featured more, I should say. Um, and I'm not sure really, you know, is there a Henderson, a guy who how long can he hold on, right? Let's not claim that Daryl Henderson's, uh, you know, ever been a top 10 back, top 15 maybe even. But he's, he's quality. I mean, he's definitely a decent flex um, and could prove to be more. So I think there's, uh, you know, uh, an N, NA, a not applicable, not applicable grade uh, applied right to, now to Taylor's running back report card. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to kind of follow that storyline as we, uh, we proceed during the season. Yeah, I think right now I'd probably say I feel worse about it, um, quite frankly, just because I, I think that like if he he needs Najee and Eccles to be to be anchors, he doesn't need them to be you know like top five running backs or top three or anything, but they both need to be at least like fringe level RB ones for him to win the okay. league or for him to do well. I mean, that's what like Jack last year. Joe Mixon wasn't like top three running back, but Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones were very consistent. And that's all you need. Dalvin Cook was very consistent. Like you need those staples though. You can't be relying on having like having, okay, we'll we'll have, you know, RB seventeen, RB nineteen, and then we'll also have RB twenty five and twenty eight. You can't have that. At least with the way he's trying to win. Uh, and so let's close it out with them. Who do you think is gonna win this week, Taylor or Eric? or Eric I mean listen you look down Taylor's lineup I think aside from I mean I think the quarterbacks could even out right Herbert I like better 
Um, and, and Lance really didn't show me much, right? Everyone was so high on him. That game that he had was, was nothing to, uh, you know, get excited about. So I'd lean Taylor, but just ever so slightly. I mean, kind of like the, the projections are showing. Yahoo can't really, you know, pick a clear favorite either. Uh, but, you know, if Trey Lance does show something, then I, I think Taylor should, should walk away with the win. I'm going to go with the upset or slight upset. I think Eric's going to get the W. The Panthers' run defense is abysmal right now, so I think Saquon is going to have a pretty big game on Sunday and propel Eric to the victory. Then we move on to the 0-1 anti-Vaxonville Jaguars, a.k.a. Curtis, against the 0-1 Country Road Take Mahomes, a.k.a. Melfi. Curtis lost Elijah Mitchell, but then added Tyrion Davis-Price off of waivers, the LSU running back who... Potentially could be the replacement for Mitchell. We don't know yet. Uh, I think the interesting question for Curtis right now is, is it time to start Carson Wentz, who had a who was his highest scoring quarterback, but he had him on the bench for Tua and for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers had negative .3 points. Tua had about 19. Would you say it's time to go with Wentz over one of those two? I don't. I don't think so. Not not after one week. I think. Uh... Especially this week, you know, you, you got to believe that, you know, the owner of the Chicago Bears is going to, you know, come to town. Um, so, you know, Aaron Rodgers struggle, but this is the game that, you know, he does typically year in and year out, twice a year, uh, you know, really show us who Aaron Rodgers is and always has been. Uh, Tua, I mean, Tua, you, you know, you could go... Um, you know, with Wentz over Tua, but, you know, this week you've got to go Rodgers, but um, I, 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 you know, I still don't trust Wentz as, as a, a net guaranteed QB one, but I don't think Tua is too strong, and, and if Aaron Rodgers struggles for Chicago, then, you know, it, it could be an ugly season for Aaron Rodgers if this isn't the breakout game, the big game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you got a hold tight for this week, but I think it's an actual conversation that you probably are going to have to have at some point in the year, potentially. Um, and I think part of that's because I I personally know that I definitely underrated how good the Washington skill players are. Because you look around, like Terry McLaurin obviously is fantastic. Curtis Samuel is healthy now. And then Jahan Dotson looked fantastic in week one. He had two touchdowns, including the game winner. I loved him at Penn State. And you just look around like that's three really good receivers. Logan Thomas looked pretty good as a tight end. And then Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick out of the backfield as receiving talents. I mean, that's a pretty good set of skill players for Carson Wentz to throw to. You know, obviously yet he's going to have his dumbass plays or whatever. He, You know, he had a couple bad interceptions, but he still is able to score well. So I think it's a conversation that's going to be worth having. Now we move on to Melfi. Lost Dak, I think that we both agree he'll probably be fine with Mahomes and Jameis Winston in the meantime. I think the most interesting question for Melfi right now is his flexes because I I think I'm struggling to to come up with two good ones for him. He had you got to pick between two of Miles Sanders, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Mapletron and Devontae Parker for those two. Do you think there are two good flex options for him of that bunch? You know, even though Jameis looked good, or sorry, Geno Smith looked good, uh, there was there was really nothing from Tyler Lockett that I saw to, to trust. Robert Woods, obviously, I have tremendous faith in the gentleman. Probably my favorite receiver, maybe all time at, at USC. Um, talented, sure, ACL last year, I believe, but, um, you know, very talented veteran mind there. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see it. Juju didn't have the big game that I think a lot of people were expecting straight out of the uh, 
out of the gates and you know I don't see I just don't see it but like I said I mean in terms of the quarterbacks under 100% he's going to be fine Jameis I think something that you know I really like Jameis obviously now has a receiving core uh, even though Kamara was really a non-factor um, Jameis showed something that maybe he hasn't so much to a lot of people and that's that clutch gene you know down 16 I think that was the Saints biggest comeback since maybe 2011 in the fourth quarter versus it was the highest uh, all time yeah and so you know Jameis showed poise and and if he's unlocking a clutch gene you know he's continued to show that he's not the interception uh turnover prone quarterback that he was early on in his career in Tampa um you know sitting behind Drew Brees has really paid dividends so I think you know having two good quarterbacks will help him and uh, you know, you just hope that he can get enough production this week, um, because obviously uh, Curtis has a, a plethora of better options. Uh, you know, at, at the skill positions and the flexes. So, I think it'll be a tough one. So, are you taking the Melfman or are you going Curdy this week? I'm going Curtis this week. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but I think that Derrick Henry, he just always owns the Bills in these big primetime games. I think it's going to be him. It's, it's got to be him. Yeah. So, I mean, neutron. But, yeah, his running backs were up as well. I mean, Jacobs and Henry combining for less than 20 is, is rare, but also concerning. But, you know, I think he's got enough. DK I don't really believe much in, but, uh, you know, other than that, there's some decent options right now. But I think long-term, uh, Curtis is, is not in a great position with this team. So, No, I do think there are some concerns for Curtis long-term. But he, for now, I think he'll, he'll be fine. I mean, he, you know, it's going to be a big week for him. You don't want to fall to 0-2 and kind of have everything stack against that. Then we move to my, my matchup. I'm 0-1, the lowest scorer of week one, up against the new guy, Shannon, a.k.a. the Dennis system. We'll start with me. I had a Jalen Warren, Brian Robinson, and Desmond Ritter off waivers. I want to. I want to start off. I mean, for me, I think just the 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 kind of the story around everything is is a panic time. And I think the most interesting player for us to focus on would be Kyle Pitts, who had a pretty disappointing game. He had less than four points in that, and I he was the third highest paid tight end in the auction, and by a considerable considerable margin over who else was got. Do you think that Kyle Pitts? Is it time to panic on Kyle Pitts? So I owned Kyle Pitts last year, and, you know, he was very frustrating to own. But there were signs at the end of the year that he would be coming, uh, uh, you know, to be one of the top five tight ends this year. Uh, Price was a premium. Hype was high. Um, You know, Marshawn Lattimore being matched up against him a lot. Not going to help you, uh, you know, get it going. Uh, But at the same time, what I would say is – you know, Atlanta had a big offensive game. Big. I mean, they were dominating the Saints offensively. I think they had 400 yards in the air, uh, or 400 yards total. Um, and where was Kyle Pitts? You know, Kyle Pitts was uh, on the back of a milk carton, right? So I definitely am concerned about Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think if it's not this week, I mean, LA, you know. Jalen Ramsey obviously was also on a milk carton last week, so maybe it'll be battle of chocolate milk and uh, you know regular milk on the milk cartons, and one of them will have to hopefully show up, right? 
Um, but, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to give that one to Jalen Ramsey. So I don't think the job's going to be easy for Pitts this week. But, you know, you're hoping that he maybe can, you know, show out against a, a tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, I would say the issue for Jalen Ramsey wasn't that he was on the back of a milk cart. The problem is we knew exactly where he was, and Josh Allen kept targeting him. And Stephon Diggs was 10 yards behind him on that go ball for the long touchdown. And, you know, I mean, that's with what you're talking about. I do think that a common thing that we're coming to is that a lot, it seems like a lot of Kyle Pitts' performance this year could be related to Drake London, actually because we need Drake London to be able to attract attention to where Kyle Pitts is not always facing the number one cornerback. You know, like you said, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore and Jalen Ramsey, that's a tough-ass matchup. But if he can get matched up against a linebacker like every other tight end, then, yeah, he's going to be able to start feasting, and that's what we're really hoping here for our squad. Now we move over to Shannon. I think the most interesting question as it comes to him is we saw Jerry Judy had a big game. He had that long touchdown, especially considering he has Russell Wilson, completely turned the tide in his matchup with Curtis in week one and got the W. And Judy outperformed Cortland Sutton considerably, more than doubled his point total this week in week one. Do you think that Jerry Judy is the undisputed wide receiver one in Denver over Cortland Sutton? And keep in mind, this has major implications not just for Shannon, but also for Daniel, who has Cortland Sutton. I mean, my answer is absolutely, right? I mean, Jerry Judy's been, um, you know, someone who could turn on the burners. I, I think his speed compared to Cortland Sutton is is really a difference maker. Um, Russell Wilson didn't look, you know, anything special, which is, is a little bit of a concern, uh, you know, for anyone in Denver. You know, I think heading into the season, everyone thought the AFC West was just, you know, any of those teams could finish first. And, and they that still could be a thing, but, you know, Obviously, uh, you know, I'm not buying high right now on, on Denver's offense. So, you know, I, I think majority of it is going to, you know, trend towards Jerry Judy. But, you know, it'll it'll be very interesting to see kind of where that uh, where that hands uh, this week. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, it didn't seem like Sutton was getting very open last week. And usually he's usually pretty good at getting open deep on the sideline, which is why a lot of people thought, that stylistically he would fit Russ a little bit better than Jerry Judy, but I'm with you. I mean, I thought Judy just straight up looked a lot better, and based on his draft pedigree and what we know about him, I don't think that's a huge surprise. You know, last year he was playing hurt for a majority of the season, and that kind of limited his his effectiveness. So, yeah, I I don't think it's a huge surprise that Jerry Judy is by far the wide receiver one there, and that – I mean, that, that's the kind of gamble that, like, decides these seasons because you look at what happened last year where Robert Woods went for more than Cooper Cup in the draft. And, like, that wasn't, like, I mean, by and large, that was just uh, how things worked out. I don't think that either you, I think it was Daniel who got Robert Woods, or maybe it was maybe it was Melfi, it was one of those two. But I don't think that it was one of those things where either one had, like, much of a premonition. It was just like, I like Matt Stafford and the Rams offense. I'm going to take one of these wide receivers. And that's kind of what happened with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Maybe that gets Shannon into the playoffs because you combine, if Jerry Judy is the number one receiver in Denver, that with A.J. Brown, that looks like a damn good receiving core. If Cortland Sutton's the number one receiver and you're adding that with Devontae Adams and with T. Higgins, that completely changes things for Daniel's team. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. In this matchup, who do you have? Do you have Kurt, or sorry, do you have Shannon or do you have me winning? I mean, I think Shannon's team. 
I'd be, you know, shocked if this team made the playoffs. Just I see holes left and right. But, you know, I mean, I also see holes left and right on your team. I mean, Pierce obviously did not, you know, show you the price tag that you paid for him. They went more. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, you have, who's clearly the best player on either team. Um, but your quarterbacks are, you know, not favorable. Jared Goff, although the uh, Lions put up a lot of points, Jared Goff, you know, was a fantasy dud, 10 points. And, you know. I decided to join in. Who the heck is this? Eric? Young Damn Eric it. tapping in. Eric, you would come in to screw up my mojo. Joe. Um, but, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, listen, uh, this one, it's almost like I, if, I think this match could be a tie. It's so ugly. Wow, well, I'm going to take myself to win because I have a lot of confidence. Uh, Eric, with you here, we talked about your matchup earlier with with Taylor. How confident are you in defeating Taylor and moving to 2-0 this week? I think I have a pretty good I, – I, I mean, I didn't really take a look at Taylor's team too much. I think – it sucks that I think he has um, Mooney, uh, Darnell Mooney, so if he, if he gets any touchdowns from Justin Fields, I mean, it's going to suck that – Mooney is going to get probably more points for a touchdown than Justin will, but I feel pretty good. I just I feel re- really solid about my team. I think Dalvin's going to have a big week too. I think Saquon's just going to have a huge season in general. I have some good running backs. My um, my wide receivers. I mean, I need them to step it up, but I think I got a good chance. That's not what we want to hear. I want you to talk shit about Taylor. Say Taylor sucks ass. He's not doing shit. This is too 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 kind. Uh-huh. I I mean I can't see I can't talk shit without the knowledge and I I'll be quite honest. I didn't really take a close enough look at the matchups. Like, let me take a look. He's got he's got Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, CD Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Darnell Mooney. Well, I can't. I can't even complain about the Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins because those are my starter. Those are my two quarterbacks in my other league. So I approve of his quarterback. <laughs> I think. Um, I have CD Lamb. I mean, CD Lamb sort of sucks. I, I think he's gonna have a horrible year now. Um, I mean, but he also has like the maybe the number one running backs in New York and and LA. So. But yeah, I can't. So yeah, actually, I think Taylor has a pretty solid team. <laughs> can't really complain. Well, he has the number one running back on both LAs too, which is pretty wild. Would y'all say right now? Do you be uh, Jonathan Taylor was number two running back last week. Sorry, DeAndre Swift was number two running back last week. Jonathan Taylor was number three. Is that the top running back duo in the in the league right now? With Swift and, Mar- and uh, Taylor. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be based. If, if, Swift's, if Swift's healthy, he's healthy. I mean, that run game in Detroit looked, uh, you know, they were featuring those running backs, both guys, but obviously Swift, uh, you know, broke off some runs and, you know, was looking, you know, like the guy that, that people pay a high price for at the auction. We re- I got to see. I'm hoping Dalvin has a comeback week. I mean, actually, I guess I'm most worried out of my running backs I'm probably most worried about Dalvin Cook at this point maybe also Monty but uh, I don't think my I think my running back uh, duo if you count like Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley that's a pretty solid duo too I'm not gonna 
I'm going to talk myself up on that one. Barrett, would you take Saquon and Dalvin or Najee and Eccles? I mean, if I was getting Saquon from his rookie year and Dalvin from two years ago, I'd be taking uh, in Merrick's for sure. But, you know, right now, Jonathan Taylor is, is as consistent as, as it appears anyone is in the running back game. And obviously, Swift, I'm a big fan of. So I, I've got to lean Ben's walking boot or whatever the hell his name is, uh, Nick. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's potential that I was it could be, you know, number two or even number one in a few weeks, but just not ready to uh, you know, buy into just That's a fair level of caution. Now we look at Nick's wide receivers. He has got all three of his wide receivers are second-year guys, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Elijah Moore. All of them look pretty good in week one. They all scored touchdowns. Are you buying this as a wide receiver trio that Nick can win with moving forward? Um, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, really – on, on a streak uh, since the end of last year. Great receiver, uh, versatile. Bateman, you know, he, he obviously had a, a pretty good game, but I just don't see what those other two have. I can't trust the game's offense, obviously, with, with more. And, uh, you know, I just don't think Bateman's anything that you can, uh, you know, buy to. I think the, there's a lot that needs to happen for this group to, uh, to really meet any kind of competitive level this year. I'm pretty high on Bateman, and um, I mean DJ Moore. You got to sort of depends on Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. I mean, as long as he has Joe Flacco throwing to him, that's actually might be better than Zach Wilson. But um, Bateman and uh, who's the other second year guy? Amon Ross. Amon Ra- I think both of those are super solid. Amon Ross looks to be a stud, to be quite honest. And we'll see if the streak continues, but. I think he's. I think he's had a touchdown in like seven straight games. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm allergic to you guys. Eric's just allergic to the bullshit. He's just not having it with Elijah Moore anymore with with Joe Flacco no. throwing the ball. You know, I'm on Ross St. Brown twelve targets last week, so you know uh, the the targets continue to flood in for him, and uh, I have no doubts about him. Do I think he's you know a, a top ten receiver? Maybe not, but I mean he's he's obviously the best of the of the of the crop. Yeah, I, I think Amon Ross St. Brown. You just he's been too good for too long to the point where I think you just lock him in every single week as a top fifteen wide receiver. And Bateman, I like him with Lamar since Nick already has Lamar as the combination. I agree, Elijah Moore. I've got some real real concerns about I. And I'm a big Elijah Moore guy. I just think that you look at the Jets, they have a lot of good receivers. Garrett Wilson looked awesome. Like, he was breaking tackles and stuff. Corey Davis looked good. I mean, they gave him a big contract for a reason. He was top five pick for a reason. I think it's just too many guys. And if you're telling me that, like, you have five mouths to feed with Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco throwing them the ball, I'm just not super enthusiastic about that. And so we move over to Daniel, who Nick will be facing. 0-1 had an unfortunate loss to Jack last week. He added Jeff Wilson for $13 and Curtis Samuel for $12 off the waivers. Uh, I think we want to look at with Daniel, probably the biggest thing for him is that James Robinson was RB9 in Week 1, and he had two touchdowns. Is he back to being an RB1 in y'all's opinion? I mean, listen, I was I was trying. I, I had fucked up at the auction. I was trying to... Uh to get James Robinson because, you know, NTN is, is good, but 
I mean, let's not forget who James Robinson is, right? Sure, there's injuries, there's uh, concerns there, but I mean, the talent, I mean, this, this guy has done things that, that most have never done, right? Uh, as an undrafted rookie, I, I fully believe in that. You know, young quarterbacks need to feed the ball to, to running backs, and, uh, you know, that's the situation in Jacksonville still. You know, you've got Christian Kirk, who had a good game, but who else are they going to throw the ball to, you know, consistently? Evan Ingram, right? No. Etienne. I mean, that's the thing. I think actually James Robinson and Etienne probably complement each other more than some other running backs that might vulture each other's carries or targets. I think they're very, like, Etienne is a lot, they seem to want to use, like, a lot in, like, the passing game. So, and Robinson is, like, still their, like, number one running back, like, actually gets the carries. So, I I think they're, I do think, like, you can survive um, having James Robinson as maybe a lower-end RB1 or a very solid RB2. Yeah, it's weird where, like, EDN is, like, way better as, like, a longer pass game guy, but Robinson is almost more ideal to have on pass downs because he can, like, block better and pass protection and whatnot. Uh, I do think that, like, they're, they're a team that strikes me where, like, you talk about the compliments. I feel like they would be great with both running backs on the field at the exact same time. I feel like they could take advantage of that quite a bit. And with Daniel's team, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, he had a, a weaker week one, but I think, obviously, you still trend him to be one of the top two running backs in fantasy moving forward. But his other RB spot, I think, is a, a big question mark where he's needing one of these guys to emerge, where he has Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, and James Robinson. He's just praying that one of those guys can break through and fill, fill the gap for him. Wide receiver, I feel a lot more confident where he has Devontae Adams, who had 17 targets in week one and 43% target share for Derek Carr. Just looked unbelievable there. In this matchup of Daniel against Nick, how are you all leaning right now? I'm going with uh, with Baby Don't Hurts Me. I just think... Uh... You know, there's there's just great potential. McCaffrey wasn't you know perfect last week, so you know you, you, you believe that if he's healthy, he'll bounce back a little bit. Adams, it's just unreal. The targets, seventeen, like man, that is a lot. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, you know, I, I like that could be the strongest QB duo of the in the league. Just thinking off the top of my head. I don't. I, mean, I don't even think it's close right now. I mean, they, they might be number one and number two overall. Period. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's great stuff, and I think uh, so I what, think Hurts me should get it done. Yeah, I mean Curtis Samuel was a great pickup. Um, I mean Wilson. Wilson, as as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get a bunch of yards in in the San Francisco offense. I mean, I mean. The weakest position is a tight end, but that's like everybody except who has Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah, that's. I think that's some pussy named me. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. Like when I look at Ben's walking boot, I look at uh, you know he still got Cam Akers slotted to start. Not sure if that will stick, but you know his options are you know a, a number two running back in Detroit or, or Mostert who really showed nothing last week. Um, and Zeke, a lot of question marks there after last week and, and last season. So, uh, you know, the two running backs he has could carry him, sure, especially when you got, you know, Lamar Jackson, Amon Ross and Brown, Swift, Taylor, and, uh, you know, Carr. He could get it done if things go in his favor, but I just have a little more trust right now in Dan's team. 
Yeah, I think Daniel's team right now with the with the two quarterbacks, you got to lead him. And I think, I mean, there's a real case that to be made that he has number one quarterback and Josh Allen, number one running back Christian McCaffrey, and number one wide receiver Devontae Adams in the league. And that's the kind of thing where even if you don't like the depth as much elsewhere, you're still going to be fine probably. So I would definitely lead Daniel as well. That's a, a clean sweep. We close things out with one and zero, Mister Big Chase Jack against one and zero, winning as a breeze Barra. Big matchup to decide who will lead in the Marino division after week one. We start off with Jack, added Eno Benjamin on waivers. I think the most interesting thing for, for Jack right now is his running back situation, where his two flexes last week, Cordero Patterson and A.J. Dillon, outscored his two primary running backs, Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara. Right now, if let's just say like Jack was offering them to you in a trade, or they are on waivers or something, which how would you rank the running backs in terms of how you would target them? So last week, Cordero at thirty two point one, Dylan had twenty three point six, Chubb had twenty point eight, and Alvin Kamara had eight point one. Is it dumb of me to like want Cordero the most? I just like I was, I was probably going to go there too, but I I think they're just. He gets the touches. He obviously, like, they found a way to use him in a really smart way in Atlanta. And, like, Cordero, I mean, it was probably dumb of us to, like, not pick him up, you know, like, after seeing how he was used last year. But, yeah, I think he has to be, like, the favorite out of all of those, just the way that, like, I mean, it's continuation. It's a continuation from last season. Can't even say it's a one-game fluke. Yeah, and and for me... Um, I'm probably putting Cordero, Cordero, whatever they they call that gentleman. And I mean, they hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher in you know ninety five percent of their games. So in order to see Cordero, Cordero, Cordero Patterson, uh, you know, break off runs and, and really be extremely effective against a good defense, you know, maybe they caught the Saints, you know, off off uh, their guard week one, and you know, but we'll obviously have to see what the Saints defense is, you know, going. Uh, further into the season but you know you, you know you kind of have to take it uh for what it is right and i think he was good dylan's good uh camara's got the rib injury so you know we'll see how effective he can be this week and uh, i think camara it has to be on watch watch as well just like i mean i think his yards per carry and his general um has gone down like the last two years in general now he's i mean he's like injured again so camara definitely I mean, he's what he's been around now for like four or five years. Like, I, I, it sucks, but that's like the shelf life of a NFL running back. After like five years or however many like touches, they just start getting injured. They start slowing down, and I'm I would at least be on the lookout for Kamara getting to that point in his career. Yeah, and I do think that just the fact that Jameis is his quarterback and not. You know, ancient-ass Drew Brees who's just checking it down all the time. Jameis is going to try and throw it deep. And, you know, that's the problem when you have all these good receivers. When you have Chris Olave, probably the best receiver in the draft, besides Romeo Dubs, and Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, if all three guys are commanding targets, then you can't throw the ball to Alvin Kamara ten times a game. And you probably don't want to do that. Uh, and so, I mean, with Cordero, I, I kind of agree with you all. It's been... Uh, it's been over a year or almost a year where we keep saying Cordell can't keep doing this. How many? How much longer is he going to have to keep doing it before we just accept that that's that's who he is? He just is going to keep doing that. Um, Which is crazy for a thirty-one-year-old 
in the league, like finding like new life at just a brand new position. Yeah, I don't know why it took everyone so long just to realize he's good with the ball in his hands. Just just get him the ball in his hands, and that'll be good. Um, and which you know, honestly, kind of was unlocked a little bit with by Matt Nagy, and then it kind yeah, of yeah. I, I was gonna mention Nagy actually used him a little bit as a running back. So, I mean, maybe Nagy was on something at least there. Is maybe One his thing. great, maybe his greatest accomplishment. And then we move over to Barra. Did nothing on waivers despite his fab advantage. Uh, I would ask. I think the most interesting thing with with Barra is this an elite running back trio now, with Joe Mixon who had twenty three points, Rashad Penny who looks like the clear number one in Seattle and was dominant to close the the season last year, and then Clyde edwards lair who had twenty five points in Week One off of two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that seems really solid to me. You have, what, number one running back in Seattle, number one running back in Kansas City, number one running back in in uh, Cincinnati. I mean, and Kareem that. Hunt is no joke. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is always, like, always a solid, like, RB2 candidate. So, like, that is that is a very solid – that's some solid running back depth for sure. Um, I mean, Penny and Mixon – Penny and Mixon are – I think Penny looked really good on Monday night. He's going to continue getting, like – uh, he has a trust of Pete Carroll. Looks like he has a trust of Geno Smith. I think he's just going to keep on getting those touches. I mean, he was one of the best running backs at the end of last year, if I remember correctly. And then Mixon, um, Mixon and Edwards Hilaire. It sort of looks like Edwards Hilaire sort of is figuring out his role in Kansas City. So Yeah, I, I have a little con- some concerns about Clyde just because like it seems like Pacheco is pretty damn good. And they were trying to get the ball to Pacheco a little bit, and so maybe they're gonna little be a little bit more of a committee. But even so, I mean, I think Clyde, even if he's just splitting carries, if he could just collect some of those touchdowns, like he just got some collateral touchdowns that he has not been getting his first two years, and those collateral touchdowns make him at at least a high end flex and potentially an RB two. So I feel pretty good about uh, about that running back trio, even if I'm not in love with any of them. Uh, so who we all take who are y'all taking here in this final matchup? Well yeah, let me let me just make a, a comment real quick. So uh you know we, we talked about Fab and obviously I've I've got the most right now. <clears throat> what I would say is you know when your team is the high scoring team and you know you see a lot of promise at running back uh, and other positions, you know, I, I didn't really see room to, uh, to to really go for anyone. I mean, Devontae Smith did nothing, but, you know, that's someone I'm going to keep. Hunter Renfro could even play this week, but, you know, Renfro is going to have a better game versus Arizona. Um, we'll see what he obviously can be in that offense. Pollard we're going to keep, obviously, for, for Zeke being, uh, you know, uh, injury prone. And, you know, the only real spot that I could I could release someone and gain someone is, is Look on Buffalo, right? And that's a guy who's a rookie, and I'm not just gonna, you know, sell and and quit on him after one game. I, I obviously want to see what I have with him. So that's a little explanation on the on the lack of uh, moves on the on the waiver wire. But um, you know, Eric, I'll let you uh, go first on, on what you're you're seeing in this matchup. I mean, it's going to be. I think it's going to be one of the closer ones of the week. I do think I have to give um, Jack the favorite here. I like I like his quarterbacks a little bit more, and I think. Is um, he has enough at like running back and 
wide receiver to whether the sort of like Cooper Cup. That quarterback duel sort of scares me. Daniel Jones and Matt Stafford, especially with the elbow. Slight favorite to Jack, but I think it'll be like really close. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think that his quarterbacks are going to be a lot better this week. And I think Chubb's going to come. It's fun. Well, it's, it's fun that we get a Chubb against Hunt. I really I love every time we get one of those kind of matchups. I think Chubb's going to get the touchdowns. Again, you know, two touchdowns for Kareem Hunt last week. Chubb was fantastic. He absolutely carved up the Panthers' defense. And I think I think it's going to be a, a lot of running because Jacoby Brissett sucks ass. So I think it's going to be a big game for Chubb. And, I mean, Cordero, again, is they're, they're, they're probably sleeping on Cordero's projection. Yep. So my input here is, like I said, Tom Brady versus the uh, Saints. I don't, you know, buy too high um, in, in that, first of all. Stafford, bad game first week, but, you know, uh, that elbow's healthy, so I'm not worried. And he's obviously going to have a, a better game. You know, just getting sacked a lot. I'm letting him down a lot. You know, those are things that I think will be improved. Daniel Jones is solid. Uh, my receivers I love with, with Cup, Pittman, Thomas. Um, you know, I think there's just so much potential there. Buffalo defense versus Tennessee I like. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the running backs. And then Kelsey we've got tonight in about seven minutes. That will obviously start to, uh, you know, set the tone, we'll see. Um, but, you know, I think uh, it's it's a great matchup. It's, it's our matchup of the week. You know, I'm usually involved in these matchups of the week jack and i have established a great uh you know uh rivalry of sorts uh, it's always a good time when we play uh you know it's, it's good to watch competitive teams something a lot of people in this league don't know about um, so you know I- i'm excited i think i'll get the job done and i think i'll continue uh to be the high scorer this week so we'll see Loving the confidence for Barra. Really appreciate you and uh, and for Eric coming on as well. My computer's about to die, so I'm going to... You hit me once, I hit you back. You gave a kick, I gave a slap. You smashed a plate over my head. Then I set fire to our bed. You hit me once, I hit you back. You gave a kick, I gave a 